When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Welcome back to On the Block with East Strick and Austin Orman. How are y'all doing this wonderful day? Hopefully you're staying nice and dry after the rain kind of swept through here. A little bit, but we're back on track here. Finishing up the second hour, we're going to talk a little bit about top college football non-conference games, what that looks like, and which ones would be of interest to you uh, as you're as we're getting ready to jump off into the college football season. That's coming quicker than we actually had expected. Uh, the summer has just kind of flown by, but wow, wow, wow. There's some good ones out there. Uh, Austin, you know, how do you view it as far as is there any good games that you feel that you want to have your eyes on when that time comes around? Oh, there's a lot of them. Uh, Starting kind of that first week of the season, these are some more maybe kind of under the radar ones, not maybe the biggest headline games. Um, Obviously, Nebraska playing Minnesota on Thursday on August 31st, so that as a conference matchup doesn't count, but that's where my eyes will be. But that's why it's mm-hmm. nice to have Friday and Saturday to, to watch football. Even Sunday, I think there's a, a game on Sunday. But you have Louisville at Georgia Tech. Louisville hasn't been good in a while. Uh, Georgia Tech definitely rebuilding. Fresno State and Purdue. The first test for Purdue comes against um, a good offense in Fresno State. I know they just lost Jake Hayner. So having to replace him, that's definitely going to be a challenge for the Bulldogs. Uh, they travel to West Lafayette. Uh, you get mm-hmm. Boise State and Washington. That's a fun matchup. The Chris Peterson Bowl, such as it was. Um, Boise State, Hank Bachmeyer transfers to Louisiana Tech. So Nebraska will face him. Um, Boise's not what they used to be. They're not that. They're not that you know darling Cinderella. You know, top mid major anymore. You know, group of five team. I guess is the college football term. So to see them go to a Washington team with expectations, right, with Penix Jr. back and a hungry team that finished ranked eighth in the country, that's a fun matchup. West Virginia-Penn State, it's not West Virginia Pitt in the backyard brawl, but it's still a good, you know, kind of Northeastern kind of football matchup. 
It should be a really blue-collar, grinded-out game. And, and a big one for Neil Brown, who I think is on the hot seat um, at West Virginia. Penn State's just got to take care of business in that one. And then this one, a shout-out to our boy. Yeah, not my boy, not your boy, our boy, Nate Brennan. <laughs> Old Dominion at Virginia Tech. Wouldn't normally, you know, raise any waves, but Old Dominion's gone to Virginia Tech and won before. Let's see if they can do it again. So that's just what I got for the first weekend. Oh, I, I think for me, one of the ones of interest for me is definitely uh, after the surgery, after everything that he's dealing with, after the basically cleaning house is is Deion Sanders against TCU. Obviously, TCU coming off of a wonderful season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, want to see how he's able to handle that. I mean, it's just it's just so much adversity in 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 the first year. Not only that you're dealing with personally, but also that you're dealing with internally with team. Uh, you feel that you've got a great staff, uh, you, but you still got pieces that you're trying to bind together without having all of that time to really mm-hmm. solidify and, and make that work. I think that's one of interest for me. Um, definitely want to also have my eye on the the Florida and Utah because for me that's August 31st, Florida and Utah. Um, this is a I think this is a make or break season for Billy Napier. I think this is. This is one that uh, he has to kind of make things make things happen right now. Uh, it's going to be a big challenge for him. Utah is very physical. They're going to come in. They're not going to, um, um, you know, not going to just come in and lay down just because you're Florida and you're the Gators. I think it's at Utah. It's up there. So that's one of the things that I'm interested in seeing. I am all in on that game. I was all in on that game last year. I was – on the Utah hype train as a playoff team last year after uh, the numbers they put up in the first Rose Bowl. Watching Cam Rising do his thing at at quarterback. Watching that run game operate. I'm a huge Kyle Whittingham fan. I think he's done a really good job at Utah. And Utah went down to Gainesville, almost won that game. It was tight. It was back and forth. They were driving with a chance to, I don't remember if it was to, to take the lead or at least tie the game late. Rising tried to fit a ball in a window that just wasn't quite there. Florida has a diving interception to seal it. And because Utah lost, you know, being a Pac-12 team, they're out of the race. You know, they're they're out of the college football conversation just by losing one game on the road. And an okay, solid Florida team. But Anthony Richardson played decently well in that game. But to get that game back in Utah is going to be fun. Again, Utah's out with a lot to prove with rising back after he got hurt in the Rose Bowl. They're not scared of USC, right? USC is what everyone thinks of as the Pac-12's hope for a playoff contender. We mentioned Washington's hungry. Oregon State, I don't think they're playoff level, but they're dangerous. Utah's not scared of any of them. Not Oregon, not USC, UCLA, any of them. I'm a big fan of Utah, and if they are able to win this game, even if it's at home, stealing down the road last year might have been better, but getting low revenge at home, that's a good kickstart to their season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one I'm very interested in is definitely the Texas A&M in the Miami game mm. on September the 9th. That, that's one of the early games that I'm interested in having a, a, a look at, being that Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke is now healthy. Um, he's looking to definitely bounce back. The program in itself thought that they, they were going to do so last year. It was very disappointed at how that all uh, came about. But you have two teams that are in the same – in the same boat, mm-hmm. you know, Jimbo Fisher thought that he had one of the better since he had one of the better recruiting classes, um, you know, in recent years, you know, <laughs> beating out even some of the best in Alabama mm-hmm. and Georgia. But 
still didn't pan out in wins. And so both of those programs are on the on the keeping their eye on trying to get out of the the Dungeons and Dragons of the bottom <laughs> of the barrel and try to make some um, uh, some noise. And that's a good way to do it. That's a good one on the ninth. I mean, like you said, maybe the two most similar teams in different conferences for the will they, won't they, you know, finally take that next step. A couple more on the ninth that have my attention. Uh, this one is on the, the text line as well. Oregon versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech is being picked as a sleeper in the Big 12 after going 8-5 and five last year. They've still got to prove it to me. What better way to do it than to beat Oregon? Again, yeah. another team that has has been good, definitely not great. Is there more in Oregon? It, can Texas Tech, you know, take care of business? They're not sneaking up on people this year under Joey McGuire. So that'll be one to to, to watch, especially with uh, Tyler Shuck, the Texas Tech uh, quarterback. Um, used to be a Texas Tech quarterback. He's at Oregon now. So a little homecoming storyline, I guess. Here's another fun one that week. Ole Miss at Tulane. Not hosting. Ole Miss goes to Tulane. They just beat uh, USC in the Cotton Bowl. Ole Miss has uh, Jackson Dart back at quarterback. They also go out and get Spencer Sanders in the transfer portal. Can Lane Kiffin follow it up? Can he make Ole Miss into a legitimate SEC team? Or Tulane being picked to win the AAC. Willie Fritz did a really good job last year bringing that program back from on the brink to what they were able to do in the Cotton Bowl comeback. That could have been an SEC matchup had Tulane retained its membership back you know, in the way earlier days of college athletics. But Ole Miss and Tulane will be a fascinating mix of styles. Tulane's offense versus Ole Miss's speed on defense. Ole Miss did a great job running the ball, a little inconsistent through the air. Uh, with the passing game last year versus Tulane was pretty physical against mm-hmm. USC. They were opportunistic and that's how they got back in the game. So I'm fascinated by that one. What about Ohio state and uh, Notre Dame? It's a big brand matchup, but like we just got done talking about at the end of the first hour with Notre Dame, when's the last time they won a legitimate big game until they get that done. It, it can't be that big a game, right? I mean, I guess they beat, Clemson, when Trevor Lawrence was out with COVID in 2020, but then Clemson avenged that later on. So Notre Dame has to earn the right to to play in a big, meaningful game because even with you know quarterback questions for Ohio State, I know Notre Dame has Sam Hartman in now. Ohio State has the bigger quarterback question, but I trust him so much more. Okay. All good. Those are some of the good ones out there. I, I think one, one that's also interesting for me is, is the one that will be in Orlando. It's LSU. And Florida State um, with Brian Kelly, and I, I'm 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 kind of high on Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved what he's able to do, mm-hmm. both with his feet and his arm. I want to see if they can turn the corner. Being in the ACC, ACC's been down. Clemson is one that I'm still, you know, we're still kind of uncertain whether they had the quarterback issues. I think with K Club, I think they feel mm-hmm. they got their guy now that they can go for. I, I just don't think that he was willing to pull the trigger on DJ Uliangale mm-hmm. um, early enough to be able to really make a run in, at it. But that's one that's interesting to me as well, being that Jaden Daniels is returning for LSU as well. So I think that's a great quarterback matchup that I'm interested in seeing. Did you see DJ got drafted by the Dodgers? What was that? DJ Ungalale got drafted by the Dodgers. Oh, wow. Yeah. He already wow. told him no, he wasn't going to play, but the Dodgers right. were like, hey, you know. Yeah, just they, in they, case. They come on back. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's dope. I, I'm glad you brought up LSU Florida State. That game 
last year, we didn't know what either of those two teams were going to be. We knew Mike Norvell at Florida State a little bit. Didn't know they were going to take that step in the right direction. And Brian Kelly at LSU. You know, one of the most puzzling hires of the offseason. It, it worked out. They win the SEC West. But game one of the season, we didn't know what either one of those two teams were going to be. We knew they had talent based on the recruiting ranking. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But to see the job those two coaches did to have a game that ends on a blocked extra point, LSU goes down the field, marches down um, pretty much the length of the field to to tie that game with a touchdown, and then Florida State blocks the extra point to win it. It's just an incredible matchup, an incredible ending. Um, another one that has my eye, Strick, on... Actually, let me just go through September 9th. I'm really fascinated by September 9th. We mentioned Utah-Florida. Utah hosts that game. Utah goes to Baylor. What is Baylor under Dave Aranda? Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what that looks like. I think that'll be a really physical matchup. It may be a future Big 12 game. We'll just have to see. You get Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Good old-fashioned Big East basketball battle in football. I don't love the hire of Scott Satterfield for Cincinnati necessarily, but that's the direction they said they wanted to go. That uh, against Pat Narduzzi and Pitt, I'm curious in. Troy at Kansas State. I think Kansas State is the very, you know, fundamentally sound team. What do they look like? Um, you know, how do they follow up last year? And we know Troy has athletes. They always yeah. will. Um, so to see how Kansas State handles that test, it is at Manhattan at home, which will help. You get Appalachian State at North Carolina on the ninth as well. That was a ridiculous game <laughs> the last few times it's been played. Points galore. So that'll be fun to watch uh, in Chapel Hill. UCLA-San Diego State, big year for Chip Kelly, if you ask me. You have Dorian Thompson-Robinson you know, in school for four or five years, and you have a solid year last year. You get up to nine wins, that's fine, but how do you follow it up? Who's your next guy? Is there more there? Uh, former Nebraska running back Greg Bell at San Diego State last year had a really good year. In San Diego State, regardless of the sport, it's just a solid program. It's a team that is going to be hard to beat, whatever you play them in. We saw what they did in basketball. Football's been up and down, but usually at least a tough team. So to see how UCLA handles that, I'm curious, especially on the road. And then Oklahoma State at Arizona State. Arizona State hires a new coach in Kenny Dillingham, who's from around there, comes back home a little bit. Oklahoma State keeps Mike Gundy, and they have questions galore. Lost a lot of key contributors in the transfer portal. We'll see if it's Zane Flores' time to start. Uh, at quarterback for them. I'm worried about Oklahoma State. I really am. That's mm. a team that, again, 
has had the reputation of being tough, but they folded down the stretch last year. They mm-hmm. start six and zero, and then they absolutely collapse against a rebuilding Arizona State team. I'm really fascinated by that September 9th slate. Well, let's go to the text line. Uh, Longsker throws something out, and and I think it's a great question to ask. I, I don't think this is the case, but uh, it's a great question to ask. He says, "Is Jimbo's seat hot at Clemson?" A uh, and M. Yeah, uh, uh, oh, yeah, Jimbo, I'm sorry, at A&M. What's the buyout number? Let's see. It's still crazy. I mean, it's still got to be over 70 million, 60, 60 or 70 million. Okay, yes. So, according to CBS Sports, the buyout, so if he's fired after the 2023 season, the buyout will be $76.8 million. Yeah. If he's fired after 2024, $67.5 million. Fired after 2025, 58.2 mil. Uh, that seat is cool as can be right. in any normal circumstance. You would be asking for more. He would say, this is it. Okay. You've had your chance, but Jimbo Fisher hasn't been able to do what urban Meyer did, you know, coming off his retirement, at Ohio state become an instant contender. It's tough in the sec. We get it. Alabama's there. Georgia's there. LSU sprung up for that national championship run, but you mentioned the recruiting rankings. I know that rankled Nick Saban, you know, saying Jimbo bought his class, that's more and more legal now in college athletics. So you still haven't been able to do anything with this. And this is where I think Jimbo Fisher needs the right people around him. He kind of Russell Westbrook-ish, right? Where what Jimbo's doing used to work. It's not as much anymore. How do you adapt? How do you stay true to yourself, what you want to do, and how do you adapt? Jimbo Fisher calling plays hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. Point and simple, it hasn't. Since he had the ultimate you know, game changer that 2014 season with, with Jameis Winston at Florida State. 2013 season, I guess, not that national championship. It hasn't worked, you know, for Jimbo to call plays. He's got to get, you know, an offensive coordinator that, that calls plays that has a grasp on more modern college football. The defense has always been solid, you know, top 15, top 20 good. Maybe there should be more in there with the talent, but that's a group I think can take a step in the right direction. But Jimbo's just got to let go at some point, you know, be the recruiter, oversee the program. But it seems like it's been the play calling and the lack of creativity that's held A&M's offense back in an increasingly offense-driven era of college football. Well, I mean, that, that answered the question. That wasn't, that wasn't a question for me. Great explanation. I think uh, out of my partner, Arthur Orman, I think it was uh, uh, well-stated, well-said. And if you have any rebuttal, Longstreet, tap in. Uh, unnamed Texer 1075 says Oregon State. I'm sorry, Oregon versus Texas Tech. Good offenses. And Texas Tech uh, did well at the end of the year. So, um, yeah. The, yeah, 0022 says if Jimbo has the same season this year as he did last year, he's out. doesn't matter what the buyout is. Uh, buyout matters. We get it. There's a lot of money in Texas. Uh, A&M has a lot of it to splash around, but $77 million? It's a lot. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That yeah. The issue wouldn't be the buyout as much as the, the issue was signing him to that big a contract before. So few coaches are worth contracts that long. Right, you get a lot of the up and comers that have you know good three four year runs. You get the the coordinators that lead really good offenses or defenses that get jobs, but to give Jimbo Fisher the contract you did for that length of time, essentially for one national championship 
with a guy in Jameis Winston, a solid roster in a tougher conference that he was moving to. I get it. There's money in SEC football, but at what point do you look at yourself in that process and say, is it really worth it for this guy? Can we get someone that's 90% as good as Jimbo Fisher for 50% of the cost? Mm-hmm. There had to be someone like that out there. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Sometimes you get caught up in the, uh, you know, in the whirlwind of what was and what could have been or, you know, trying to match and keep up with the Joneses of, of the coaching carousel. So, yeah, that's something that ends up sometimes happening. The other thing on, on A&M last year was they kind of had their 2021 Nebraska year. Shouldn't have lost to Appalachian State, but that's still a solid team lost by a field goal. You beat number 13, Miami. Only score 17 points, but you hold them to nine. That's pretty good. Um, you beat number 10, Arkansas, at the time, 23-21. Okay, you can live with that to this point. Uh, then you lose at Alabama by four points, at South Carolina by six points, uh, to Ole Miss at home by a field goal, at Auburn by a field goal, and then you end the year with two wins. I guess UMass doesn't really count, but you only score 20 points against them. And then you beat LSU, 38-23. So they did beat you know a couple good teams in Arkansas and LSU, but then they just didn't take care of business. And that is, I think, the slippery slope, right? It's one thing to beat good teams, but if you're beating good teams, you should beat bad teams, right? If you're losing the easy ones but winning the hard ones, that tells me there's not a program there. You don't know what you are. You don't know who you have. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is well stated. Uh, Logsker comes back and says, uh, with the fight that happened last year, is Michigan State's head coach also on the hot seat with Mel Tucker? I don't think so either. I think that buyout's even probably worse of a situation than uh, actually what's going on down in Texas A&M personally. Absolutely. So $95 million 10-year contract that he signed at Michigan State. It would be hard for me to say he's on the hot seat, but he's definitely approaching it. Mm -hmm. You weren't likely to follow up what it was you did with, you know, Peyton Thorne's mini breakout year with Kenneth Walker III and really what they did in the transfer portal. I get it. It's just recruiting by a different name, but to go out and get the number of difference makers that Michigan State did um, on that defense in the transfer portal and those key offensive contributors as well, that's hard to replicate. It really is. So, no, I don't think Mel Tucker's on the hot seat, especially at Michigan State, right, where you have to be realistic with yourself. You just got off of probably the most successful era of Michigan State football under Mark D'Antonio. Really good coach. He boosted that program up, you know, to winning the Big Ten, which was something that hadn't been done frequently before. Michigan State got used to being in a conversation they hadn't been before, but it's looking more and more like that was just a really good run. Because Michigan State doesn't have the history, the resources of an Ohio State, of a Michigan, of a Penn State. They can have a lot, but it's hard to be at that that kind of blue blood-ish level. Michigan State's not there. So Michigan State's challenge is busting into that top three. Mel Tucker did it one year, didn't do it last year, and you can kind of throw this first year of the COVID year out the window a little bit to some degree. But I don't think he should be on the hot seat, but you have to at least be getting to bowl games, right? Yeah, yeah. So six and six, seven and five, even eight and four, 
shouldn't be out of the question for Michigan State. If he starts not doing that, his seat's hot. But if the expectation becomes win the Big Ten, I think that's a little unrealistic consistently for a place like Michigan State. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. And uh, unfortunately, there's so much more that we can get into. Keep them coming on the text line, 402-464-5685, with some of those discussions. Um, Definitely want to probably on the comeback top tap into the Brad question and a couple others that you guys have. Uh, text in we thank you continuously for your text and your engagement there on the text line also on the stream you're welcome to do so at facebook twitch twitter and uh, youtube you can also tap in there um, we got to take a quick break we'll come back with uh, the second segment uh, of on the block right after this save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details <laughs> 